nerds, you're listening to an episode on the Nerdcore podcast feed. If you're feeling generous, please consider pledging to a tier on our Patreon at patreon.com slash the Nerdcore. We have tiers as low as $1 per month. Thanks so much, and enjoy the episode! Hello, High Flyer Radio Universe. It is your hardworking High Flyer Radio champion, your only High Flyer Radio champion. And I'm coming in from very, very, very cold weather. That's why you see me all bundled up here. But I would like to announce that the first entry into the tag title tournament for the High Flyer Radio tag titles is none other than the network. Who will be joining me? I'm not sure. I'm kind of alone right now, but I'm used to being alone, and that's all good. Because you know that your hardworking High Flyer Radio champion will defeat whoever comes in his path. Hit me up if you got what it takes. Wow, guys, can you believe this? Welcome back, High Fly Radio friends, family, fans, all that good stuff, man. As you guys can see today, flying solo, guys. It's just me. Just me, APK, your man, Aiden. As you guys know, Raul, he's not here. I don't know what he's doing. I don't know where he's off. You know, I guess I guess the Christmas time was more important than making sure that you, the fans, the high flight radio wrestling fans out there, get some content to enjoy for this Christmas, man. Because listen, we all know Christmas time, holiday time. Sometimes it's hard to be sitting at home with your family. Sometimes it's hard to just take a seat and relax. But you know what? Get a seat over at SeatGeek.com. $20 off with your first purchase over at SeatGeek if you use the code THENERDCORE. That's right. $20 off, first purchase with the code THENERDCORE. All right, guys. With that out of the way, all the, all the formalities, but yeah, I'm, I'm serious, man. It, it really is only me today. This is the first time that we're doing this, first time hosting a show by myself live, so we're going to see how this goes. The patrons, all the lovely patrons, you guys. Are getting this video early this podcast early considering the fact that tomorrow we're actually not going to be live tomorrow's going to be december uh, 24th christmas eve you guys most of you guys are probably watching this december 4th 20 you know december 4th 24th see guys this is what happens whenever you fly solo december 24th 2022 most of you guys are probably watching it after that point so most of this doesn't matter anyways but let's get into something that does matter guys AEW trademarking a new show potentially. This comes from Fightful. We've got AEW files a trademark for the purposes of show production. On December 19th, All Elite Wrestling filed trademarks on the terms Wrestle Bowl and Wrestling Bowl. Both are registered with the intent of covering the categories of conducting entertainment exhibitions and the nature of wrestling, of wrestling exhibits and performances by professional wrestlers. 
Listen, guys, I think that this is pretty cool, to be honest. Um, I don't know if AEW needs a third show, per se. Um, not sure if that's what they need, if they more so than they need another hour on Rampage, personally, is what I would do. I would try to make Rampage really feel like it actually matters, maybe just kind of almost develop like a soft brand split between Dynamite and Rampage. Um, you know, maybe have certain guys, you know, maybe just have the TNT champion on Rampage and then you got the world champion on Dynamite. So that way, you know, you can kind of build those things up and maybe we can try to add some importance back to Wardlow because um, I'm pretty sure they're going to be trying to put that TNT title back on him. I really hope that they keep with Samoa Joe, but but I don't know. But but Wrestling Bowl, you know, that sounds kind of cool. Uh, maybe this just ends up being something kind of like a holiday bash and it actually really isn't that important all along and we're all just kind of disappointed, but who knows? I don't know. Um, you know, but sounds fun. You know, I'm down for it. But, you know, speaking of things that we don't know about, but things that I am down for, Miro. I don't know what's going on with Miro's situation. Uh, I'm pulling this from Fightful. It says, speaking with Mike Wenmaker, I hope that I got that right, from 92.7 WMAY. Uh, Perry was asked about, CJ Perry this is, uh, you know, the former Lana. Uh, you guys know the relation between Miro and Lana. Uh, Perry was asked about potentially returning to WWE. She noted that Miro is currently fighting some gods, but Rusev Day will never die. She expressed her belief that it will return to WWE at some point. She emphasized that Miro's potential return to WWE would be more iconic, and she noted that anything can happen. Perry also stated that everyone goes back to WWE at some point. And this is her direct quote. Well, you know, it so happens that the Redeemer is fighting on some battles against a couple of gods. Rusev Day will never die. It's always going to be around. The kids are going to want to sing it, and I'm sure it will make a return to WWE at some point. Rusev, well, whatever he shows up back in, whatever freaking name or whichever gimmick or whichever character he returns as at some point, WWE is going to be iconic. You know, he, that's the great thing about wrestling. It doesn't matter what company you work for, what promotion, anything can happen. Let's be honest. We know that everyone always returns back to WWE at some point. And listen, guys, uh, you guys know, I wanted to include this just because you guys know how much I love Miro. Miro's awesome. I mean, I mean, the feud, I mean, I'm wearing the shirt right here. The feud between him and Eddie Kingston was phenomenal going into All Out. Literally like two weeks worth of build into an incredible story. Um, there's so much left to be done with Miro, man. It's a little disappointing to see like how he's kind of gotten lost in the shuffle. Um, I, 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 you know, I loved Pac becoming the All-Atlantic champion. I thought that was really cool, but, you know, and I'm really liking what Orange Cassidy's doing with it, but I still think that that title is trying to find an identity within the mid-card with the TNT title already kind of existing. So what is the point of an All-Atlantic title and what does an All-Atlantic title mean? You know, at first it was kind of presented as this thing of it's going to be the roaming title, you know, and it's going to go around to Mexico, Japan, Canada, wherever, you know, it's going to get defended all over, but you know, with Orange Cassidy kind of holding on to it. And again, I, I like the matches, but I don't really know if that fits that narrative, you know. But I don't know what Miro would have done with it anyways. I was going to round back around and say, you know, I would have really liked to see Miro hold that title. But to me, Miro is the type of guy where you need to have a title on him when he's on TV. So I don't know, maybe him coming back and having a match with Orange Cassidy at some point, and 
holding that All Atlantic title, maybe that would be something. You know, maybe that could be something really, really interesting to see in the future. But uh, also thinking of uh, things that were really interesting to see this week, Rhea Ripley on Raw versus Akira Tozawa. Guys, this match, I don't want to say it was an awesome match because it definitely wasn't. It was very serviceable for what it was. But, you know, just the, the sheer fact that we actually got like a real genuine intergender match on WWE TV was kind of wild to see. Um, and I don't think it really took anything away from Akira Tozawa with the way that they're kind of positioning him in the car to be this kind of joke, you know, squash kind of character. But, you know, he's getting himself over, so good for him. But, you know, Rhea Ripley's done a tremendous job getting herself over. Uh, I think everything that she's doing is great. Um, I love the way that they're building her up right now. Um, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a Mustafa Ali or, you know, some guys like that, maybe maybe an Axiom comes up to main roster for an episode and comes out, has a match with Rhea Ripley. I think that would be pretty cool. I I'm still saying I, I really want to see Rhea show up in the show up in the men's Royal rumble before showing up in the, the women's rumble uh, later on in the night. Uh, Cause honestly, Rhea has got to win the rumble, right? Like that's, that's where we're going. It has to be, you know, I think, uh, you know, honestly, I wouldn't be upset with the, the possibility of a Bianca versus Becky versus Rhea you know, at Mania, I think that would be really cool. Um, I don't know. It depends on where they're going with everything. But, you know, I really don't know where they're going with this Alexa Bliss storyline right now, guys. Um, we had this backstage sit-down interview with uh, Saxton, Alexa Bliss, and Bianca Belair, where Alexa's explaining basically the past year of WWE TV, saying that, you know, Bray Wyatt, or past two years, really, how Bray Wyatt kind of came in and took away a lot from her. And, you know, she really felt lost and, you know, didn't know what to do after he left, AKA after he was released, uh, which was kind of interesting. You know, I'm glad that we kind of got to hear her perspective of it. She said she went to therapy, you know, and she, it, it changed who she was. She came out, she didn't really know anymore. So hence why she's been kind of playing this character, kind of like she doesn't want to be there, which I was kind of wondering about that, whether it was almost, does Alexa want to be there? Does she not want to be there? Is she just kind of like going through the motions or is this a character thing? And, you know, finally she kind of revealed that it was a character thing. I like that she kind of, you know, Bianca's like, okay, well, that's cool. But like, still, I don't really understand what last week was about with you trying to like almost hitting your move on me. Like shit's not cool. Bliss is like, man, you don't need to worry about, you know, you don't need to worry about that. Bianca's saying how, you know, Bray Wyatt this, Bray Wyatt that. Bliss is saying, you don't need to worry about Bray Wyatt. You need to worry about me. They get up to leave, and Bliss smashes her over the back of the head with the with the vase, with the flower, man. You know, I don't know what's going on with Bliss. Some issues going on there with uh, with uh, with Asuka and Bliss right now, especially with Asuka being gone, saying that she's going to be over in Japan, potentially seeing the Kana character come back. That would be really cool. Um, I'm not fluent enough to be able to speak about these things, but I see these things on the internet, hence I talk about them. You know? You know what else I see? You know what else I see, guys? You know what I wish I wouldn't see? I wish I wouldn't see any more of this Miz, Dexter Loomis angle, man. I I can't, guys. I, I knew last week, the moment that they announced we're getting a Miz Loomis ladder match, 
I mean, that's really all I have to say there, isn't it, guys? The Miz and Dexter Loomis in a ladder match. I mean, did we expect this thing to be anything more? I mean, it's it's the holidays, guys, and I'm not going to be a Grinch. I'm not going to sit here and talk about this. I'm going to talk about the things that I liked about it. You know, I, I, I like Bronson Reed. You know, Bronson Reed is really cool. You know, I'm, I'm glad to see him back. You know, he looked great out there. I, uh, I don't necessarily want to see him be another one of Mrs. Lackey's you know, kind of echoing a sentiment that's been carried around the internet for a while now. You know, it's, I'm, I'm getting a little tired of the Miz and his many partners, unless this is ultimately kind of turning into an angle where, you know, maybe we bring back a Mr. Morrison. What's his name? Johnny, Johnny Morrison, John Morrison. Yeah, let's bring him back because uh, what he was doing in AEW wasn't really, wasn't really cooking up for the fans. So, you know, I think, I think, I think I would like to see him come back with Miz because, if there's anything Miz has done over the past couple of years that I semi enjoyed, it was what he did with Morrison. So, you know, if there's anything else that I kind of enjoyed, though, I really enjoyed Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens getting together. I love the fact that they kind of brought up the fact that these two guys were teaming up earlier in the year and later on in the year last year. Uh, talking about how, you know, why did we team up? You know, why did why did we break up? And talking about how Kevin Owens was like, well, Seth, you tried to steal my spot at Mania. And Seth's like, no, I didn't. thought all that stuff was great. These two are awesome. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if potentially we moved on to a triple threat match at the Royal Rumble. I know there's the rumblings of uh, Kevin Owens versus Roman Reigns, which it does seem like we're moving that way for the Royal Rumble for the undisputed titles. But you know, there's been a lot of talk about splitting those titles up. If they want to split those titles up, I think these two guys would be great. Uh, you know, maybe you have Seth Rollins. You know, maybe he does turn heel by pinning Kevin Owens in that match, and he wins the WWE title instead of, uh, you know, kind of closing that story between him and Roman last year, you know, coming back to it being at the Royal Rumble, put both titles on the line, make it a triple threat. You keep Roman looking good. Rock can come in later and win the Royal Rumble. Hey, man, that sounds solid to me, man. I kind of like that. Put the title on Rollins. Let Cody win at Elimination Chamber. Cody goes to challenge for the WWE title. at Mania. Makes sense, baby. Makes sense. Sounds solid to me, man. But if you want to be solid, if you want to build some muscle, go to Ambrosia Collective dot com five percent off all your supplements with again the code the nerd corpse t-h-e-n-e-r-d-c-o-r-p-s ambrosia collective man get you some good stuff man they got some limited time stuff gingerbread spice it's it's christmas eve today if you're watching this on the public replay you know it's that time man get yourself some supplements man treat yourself right moving into the new year man take care of yourself You've got to take care of yourself. Speaking of the holidays, though, AEW Holiday Bash, man, kicked off with a promo. Ricky Starks and Chris Jericho. We kind of knew that this angle was coming based off of what happened last week. Um, the promo before Jericho went out with the match with Action and Dreddy and kind of kind of hinted that maybe we were going to get a feud between him and Starks because we all knew Starks wasn't going to win against MJF last week. But, you know, Ricky comes out. Man, they've done such a good job this year building up Ricky Starks. And I think all year next year, they're just going to double down on that. And I, you know, I, 
you know, I don't see a world where Ricky Starks isn't the AW world champion at the end of the year next year. I think he's got to be the guy to beat MJF and, you know, trying to heat him up with some Chris Jericho action would be pretty great. Uh, him and Jericho had a great back and forth on the mic. Ricky Starks is hitting him with all kind of lines, saying that he used to look like an air fryer, looks like a dad on his fifth divorce. You know, it was great, man. Loved it. Crowd hates Sammy Guevara, you know. The world moves on, man. Everybody hates Sammy Guevara. You know how this goes. Death Triangle versus the Elite, match five. This was awesome. Honestly, this this isn't my favorite match in the series, but it might be either my second or my third. I loved all the holiday spots that we had in it with, like, the Christmas tree and pack using the brutalizer on Kenny Omega with the tinsel. Um, again, we had Kenny come out, you know. Big cleaner chance for the uh, for the broom with the barbed wire. Phoenix took a couple bumps on that that were gnarly. I mean, at one point, Kenny just straight up sat on it, uh, which was pretty funny to see him try to get that thing off of himself. Uh, Brandon Cutler's getting in there. Nakazawa's getting in there. Debra Hantes is getting in there. It was, it was just fun, man. Just all kinds of spots. The psychology that the Bucks were using, especially uh, Nick Jackson, with his leg, really selling the leg on a lot of like those top rope spots that they were trying to hit. And Phoenix using the, you know, getting the leg and, you know, I don't know what type of lock it is. I'm not that technical, guys. But, you know, definitely taking advantage of the leg. You know, I wonder how that's going to factor into the matches moving forward. But you know what, guys? Elite versus Death Triangle, always going to hit, man. Let's get into this, guys. Uh, well, first, before we get into that, you know, after we had a we had a hook squash match, which was pretty cool. Uh, I don't really have a graphic for that. You know, it's a hook squash match. You know what it is, guys. They're moving forward with this angle between Lee Moriarty and Jungle Boy and Big Bill and all that good stuff, man. You know, looking forward to seeing where it's going, man. I'm, uh, you know, Jungle Hook is intriguing, and I'm here for it. Uh, we had the Danielson promo. You know, he comes out. He's talking about how, you know, he started a train in San Antonio because, of course, they were in San Antonio this week. He trained in San Antonio. Um, you know, Shawn Michaels school, you know, they, you know, he helped train him big HBK chance, which was fun. Ethan page comes out, you know, and I love Ethan page guys, but I don't think anybody likes the firm. You know, I'm really ready for the firm to be done. I just don't think it's working. Um, but you know, they set up a match for next week. So that's going to be fun. We're building up for Danielson and MJF, presumably at revolution. Uh, you know, we'll see, uh, you know, I'm sure that's going to be a banger, man. MJF and Danielson, that'll be great. Um, but yeah, let's let's get back into this. We had the Gun Club versus FTR. Uh, they've been kind of building this matchup pretty much all year, funny enough, and kind of saw this coming. You know, a lot of people were surprised to see the Gun Club beat FTR. I think if you're really paying attention to the story that FTR has been telling across multiple promotions at this point. It's pretty clear that FTR is going on a big losing streak and, you know, they might be going away for a while um, with all the reports about their contracts. Who knows? But, I, you know, honestly, I don't think anybody anticipated the acclaim getting as hot as they are currently. And I think Tony Khan is in that position where he doesn't know what to do. And, you know, we can sit here on the side and we can disagree as fans if we want to. We can disagree with what Tony Khan's done with the actual booking of FTR over this past year, but, you know, 
I don't know if I could have done better myself, you know, having two teams as hot as FTR and Acclaimed. Um, I, you know, I don't know if putting them on three times in a row against each other would have been the right call or, you know, maybe put getting the AW tag team titles on FTR earlier in the year, then building up for that. You know, I don't, I don't know what you would have done, but, but I think the right call was putting the gun club over in this match with FTR. Cause you know, they're telling the story of FTR losing all these matches FCR clearly liked the gun club. I think the gun club are solid. Um, I don't hate them. They have that hateable charisma about them in a way where it is very much. It's very much just it's not go away heat. I think a lot of I think a lot of fans might think that it is, but I don't think, you know, honestly, I think there's value there with the type of heat that they get, you know, and I think all the stuff that they did with the acclaimed earlier in the year was great. Um, I mean, that's the stuff that got acclaimed over, right. was working with the gun club. So, you know, maybe doing it one more time at the revolution pay-per-view gun club versus the acclaimed gun club win, you know, FTR come back just in time for double or nothing. One of the biggest shows of the year and they come back and win the AW world tag team titles. Who knows, man, but I'm here for it. You know, I, uh, I uh, I don't know if I was here for this, guys. So, Swerve and his mogul affiliates, right? And listen, guys, y'all 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 can see me. I'm not one to talk about. You know, I know I've seen a lot of people getting on my man's for his tattoos on his face. You don't need, listen, man. That's what he wanted to do. That's what he wanted to do. But this whole segment was just a mess from the beginning, right? With Tony Schiavone not really feeling as though he knew what he was actually doing out there. You know, they, you know, they bring out Keith Lee, Rick Ross is just walking around in the ring. So they bring out Keith Lee and Rick Ross is talking about how this is going to be legendary. It's going to be legendary. The young legend, the young legend, you know, they're waiting for Swerve to come out. Rick Ross just looks at Keith Lee and goes, you're a big motherfucker. Everybody loses it. Because you guys know, you're not supposed to say that on TV. You can't say that on TV, guys. Swerve comes out late, you know, gets all the heat. Swerve's so good at getting heat, guys. It's it's unreal. You know, I if MJF wasn't the AW World Champion, I'd be saying you need to put this title on Swerve, man. And this guy is just this guy's just doing great things. But Rick Ross, he's there. He's in the ring. And he keeps saying over and over to Keith Lee, you got to keep your eyes in the back of your head. You got to watch out. This is going to be legendary. And I'm sitting here as a viewer thinking, okay, so is Ross going to like clothesline Keith Lee or something? Are we going to get Swerve and Rick Ross versus Keith Lee and uh, and Shane Taylor or something? Is that where we're going with it? Because I'd be down for that. That sounds cool. But instead, we just get Rick Ross just saying over and over again, it's going to be legendary, it's going to be legendary. And the next thing you know, Harland from WWE NXT 2.0 shows up. And this guy with tattoos that we don't know, which, you know, there's a, you know, I, I, I'm going to wait and see because I think that this could be good. Because, you know, I don't think that this is a... I think a lot of people are getting upset that this is like a new faction. Which very much, you know, from looking at this picture, you could think that, right? But to me, it just feels more like Swerve 
is going to be paying dudes to come in and do some dirty work for him. And if Keith Lee just, you know, maybe, I mean, honestly, do it, do it two on one handicap against Keith Lee and just have Keith Lee beat both these guys and send them to Ring of Honor and let them develop, you know, that'd be pretty cool. You know, maybe we get a, maybe we get a Rick Ross versus Keith Lee match at, at Revolution if they really want to, because you know, Tony Khan likes to drag these things out, guys. If they really want to drag out this feud with Swerve and Keith, maybe we get a Rick Ross versus Keith Lee match at some point. I'm here for that. But you know, I'll, I'll wait and see, man. I'll wait and see how this, how the, how the mogul and his affiliates work, man. I don't know. You know, I don't. You're a big fan of iFlight Radio. Maybe you know. Maybe I need some affiliates. You know, with Raul, Raul always leaving me, man. I'm just left hanging here. Maybe I need some affiliates, guys. But uh, you know, somebody who's got some affiliates, Jamie Hader. This match with Hikaru Shida was just absolutely incredible guys i i gotta i gotta cool my jets because i was saying to raul i think that this might be the best aw women's match ever but i don't i you know i i have to go back and do some history on that but but thinking of but thinking back on that immediately my mind jumps to to all the rosa and brit matches uh not barring the one at revolution uh, i didn't think that that one was the best but uh but you know at least at least their uh, their their lights out match at at St. Patrick's Day, whatever, and and then the cage match at this year's one, you know those are great. But I also think about that that tag match with with Hater and Britt versus Tony Storm and Sheeta, and then I think about Hater and Riho, you know, from a while ago, man. If you guys, man, look up Hater and Riho, man. They had a great match on a Dynamite a couple, you know, a couple months ago, and this is really when the fans started to like kind of pick up on Hater too. Um, you know, when I think about Hater and Tony Storm at full gear, which was awesome. Um, but, you know, Jamie Hater, what a run she's on. And Hikaru Shida, Hikaru Shida's awesome. I'd love Hikaru Shida to be a two-time AW Women's World Champion at some point or maybe pair her up with Jade and see see about doing something there because you got to run with things while they're hot and they're really running with Jamie Hater. I mean, these ladies just went out there and killed it. It was a phenomenal match. We had Britt Baker and Rebel come in and interfere, and I thought this was great because they came in, interfered. Sheeta still beat him up, but the match kind of kept going, so it was an interference spot that didn't completely fuck the whole finish, so it was cool. Um, they beat up Sheeta after the match, and Tony Storm comes in to make the save, and then Soraya, Soraya comes out there. Um, I don't really know what's going on with that. I don't know if uh, that's them saying Tony Storm is going to be the mystery partner, but Taz kept saying on commentary how, you know, Tony Storm's not clear. Tony Storm's not clear. What's she doing out here? So it seems like they're trying to say that Tony's not going to be Soraya's tag partner at that forum show. They're not really promoting it as much, but I still think it's going to be Sasha, guys. Pretty sure it's going to be Sasha, but, you know, you know, someone made a good point about, you know, it wouldn't be the best idea to be promoting someone who is still technically locked down to WWE as showing up in AEW, which probably the reason why new japan hasn't said anything about sasha showing up even though we know she's showing up so who knows guys but but you know we're gonna keep it tight today since it was just me and you know it's you know it was, it was a short week in the world of wrestling it was a good week though man i really enjoyed everything that happened but uh if you guys enjoyed this episode and you want to enjoy some extra content guess what if you're a patron at the five dollar tier above then you guys are set if you're not though you might want to get on that because dropping 
literally as soon as this episode is over, and that's December 24th, so, you know, dropping as soon as this episode ends on December 24th, you know, 2 p.m., Christmas Eve, Starcade, 1992, the Battle Bowl, slash Lethal Lottery, myself and Keon, we are sitting down to do a Patreon exclusive watch along, you know, as part of our retro rewind series where we take a look back at some of the old WCW and WWF pay per views. Um, but that was a lot of fun, so definitely go check that out. Because what does everyone want for Christmas? Everybody wants some Starcade, so go ahead and join the Nerdcore Patreon five dollar tier and above. You get it early. If you join the dollar tier, though, then you guys get all those old uh pay per view watch alongs that we did previously. but yeah, man. Definitely go check that out, guys. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays from everybody over here at the Nerdcore. Uh, definitely do everything that's in the banner down below. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. Again, join the Patreon. All that good stuff. Thank you to all our sponsors. Thank you guys for staying with me today and checking out the show. With all that being said, it's been real. For Aiden Kosick, myself, High Flyer Radio, everybody have a good holiday. Peace. Don't tap out. Tune in.